Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. Beyond the Pitch, if you're new to it, tells stories from on and off the field with our players in the Canadian Premier League and across Canadian soccer, really opening up their hearts and minds so you can get more of a glimpse into their personalities. Thank you again for so many of the complimentary words so far with Edian Abzi in episode one. We obviously had a great chat as well in episode two with Marco Bustos of Pacific FC. And last week, the Dutchman Dan Klomp was a very warm personality telling the story about almost giving away his dreams and making it into professional football to become now one of the best defenders in the Canadian Premier League, currently playing under Tommy Wilden Jr. and Calvary. This week, uh, is a name you'll be no surprise to you, is Kyle Becker, the captain of Forge FC, the two-time reigning champions in the Canadian Premier League. I sat down with Kyle on the day after... The Canadian women's national team won the gold medal. And we talked about that, the evolution of Canadian soccer, having been part of the Canadian program, what it's like now, how he's matured into being a true leader on and off the pitch for this team, what it takes to be a winning mentality, the winning culture, and his journey to really being now a veteran presence on a fantastic team. It was a wonderful chat into Kyle. He opened up his mind and his thoughts. And here is the interview with Forge FC skipper and 2020 player of the year for the Canadian Premier League, Kyle Beckett. Kyle, great to be with you. Always a pleasure to talk uh, football with you and your journey to where you are today. How's things going so far back in home markets and getting ready to go to El Salvador? Yeah, it's, I think it's fantastic to be back. I think um, just that little bit of normalcy as things continue to open up and we start to see more and more fans coming to the stadiums. It's it's just nice. And I think uh, obviously even outside of soccer, just the the day-to-day seeing the city kind of get back to normal and, and seeing people about it's it's just, it's just very positive. When I've been around you, I've always had a, a really what I thought was a, you had a, a great appreciation for playing the game. You love playing the game, um, but I, I guess is it even more enhanced now by the fact that we had the pandemic? You were kind of robbed of a full season, and then you're kind of playing games in in, in a Winnipeg bubble, and, and now can you even more appreciate it than you did than you even did previously? Yeah, I think especially something that kind of comes with age as well and, and just a little bit of maturity. I don't know. Depending on who you ask, they'll tell you if I have any of that or not. But um, I think it's just something I never wanted to take for granted. I think it's I think I, I think tons of people all walks of life would say the same thing with the pandemic. It's you face it with that little bit of reality when it gets taken away from you and you know how much you truly love it and, and how much it means to you every single day. So it's something I, I definitely never want to take for granted being able to do this job and, and continue to kind of live this dream that I've had my entire life. So just kind of keep getting at it. And, and uh, I'm definitely excited that it's, as I said before, it's, we've seen that normalcy. So we're seeing these games week in and week out again. You talk about the maturity. I'm, I'd be fascinated to hear your take on where you are right now in terms of that. You've always enjoyed the game. You love the sport. I want to get into your journey here because I want to think about you and what you've achieved as, as think about as a pure winner, but is it fair to say that, it's right up there right now in terms of you've never had more fun playing a game like this. Definitely. I think, um, and there's a lot of things that go into that, but uh, I think just the way I feel day in and day out and, and how it kind of translates to to my game and what I'm doing on the pitch, I think it's a culmination of, of just everything that's going on. And, and right now I feel probably the best I felt in my game as, as I ever had in my career. And obviously you backed that up with player of the year last year. How's your team feeling now in terms of, going for the three-peat. The first year was real. Second year was real, of course, but it was a tournament. Is that kind of driving you to do something a little bit different that you didn't get to do last year and, and really have the culmination over a true body of work for a full season? Yeah, definitely. I think last year gave us a whole different perspective. I mean, 
with such a young team, you've never, you never really know how these guys know about tournament football. I mean, obviously we were able to lean on guys like David Edgar, who's had a lot of international experience and he can kind of impart that wisdom on these young guys, but you never really know if they're, how much they're going to take in and, and if they even really know what was kind of going on at the time and how unique and special it was. But every single game we played last year felt like a, like a sort of like a final. It was kind of that win and, and keep going, survive and advance mentality. And so to come back into a normal season with the longevity and the ups and downs, it's, it's special. But again, as you said, it, it brings a whole different look to it. So I think it's, it's exciting. It's what we've all wanted. I think no one really wants to be in those, those tournament format bubbles, obviously. So um, it's, it's welcomed again. It's going to be a whole, whole different dynamic. We've seen it already. We have a massive target on our back. Guys are going to be gunning for us every single week, which is great. It's also a testament to, to this league and the, and the level of competition and the, and the level of players across the board that you're seeing teams, teams win or different teams win at each, uh, each week. And it, it's a testament to those guys, a testament to these young Canadians across the board. But it definitely makes things interesting and it kind of keeps us uh, keeps us on our toes and keeps us honest and get back to the drawing board, uh, especially after a game like this last week where we got to make these things right. We don't want to be losing games at home. We don't want to be missing uh, missing three points in front of these fantastic fans. So it's we're finally starting to see that that normal season and how we're going to kind of react to that after coming out of that tournament lifestyle last year. Yeah, fascinating stuff, Kyle. You talk about David Edgar and his wisdom in the tournament style. How's it doing? How's it for you in being a leadership role? Obviously, captain now, you know, you're not an old man at all, but, you know, you are with a lot of young players around you, particularly this year with a lot of changes with the injuries as well. A real senior leader, uh, you know, I can see your leadership on the pitch. You know, it's massive on the pitch. What's it like off the pitch? How have you enjoyed that becoming a real leader and, and a captain around these players? I think it's, it's a role I think I've always wanted. I mean, uh, for those who know me, obviously, I'm, a, I'm definitely a little shy when, when you first meet me. But as, as, as I've kind of gotten older and, and grown into it, this is something that I've definitely always wanted. Um, I just, as, I, as we've kind of talked about before earlier in this conversation, I just love playing this game. And yeah, OK, I, I haven't played at every single level, but I've definitely had experiences. And for such a young group, I want to kind of impart that stuff and, and the things that the ups and downs that I've had in my career so that they can go on and kind of skip that at an early age and imp implement that professionalism and go on and do fantastic things. And if I can be a little footnote in their whole career, that's, that's fantastic to me. And, and that's kind of the challenge that I've, I've kind of given myself coming into this in, in the first year. And the way I've gone about it is just try and never ask these guys to do anything that I wouldn't do. Um, Again, I'm not I'm not going to be the loudest guy in the room. I'm not going to be like the biggest personality in the room, but it's just doing the the right stuff day in and day out. And definitely at times in my career, being kind of on the outside of a of a lineup outside of the 18, I know how hard that can be at times. And just to maybe have that voice of a, a veteran guy in the league, maybe keep the guy focused, keep him going, show up on that Tuesday when you don't want to be there, when you're frustrated, you feel like you're out of the lineup and all that stuff and just continually do the right thing. So you're never giving anyone an excuse to keep you out of the lineup. Those are the those are the things I've tried to always remind myself of and keep passing on to these guys and, and hopefully I've done a decent job of it so far. Well, you certainly have. I can say that as an outsider, but on, and on the pitch, you're a huge leader as well. That mentorship role that you can help play with some of these guys, who who was that for you, Kyle, growing up? Who are your mentors, whether it be friends, parents, teammates, who 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 kind of helped shape you who you are? Honestly, it's, it's when I look back at it, I think that's that's kind of been the real motivating factor. I think bouncing around uh, a few teams in, in the MLS and, and never really having that sort of like 
that place that I was in for a long period of time, I think I never really had that mentor. I think someone I leaned on definitely was were friends and family. I think uh, I have a very close support group of, of friends and, and a brother and a sister and, and, and my mom and dad who I can speak to about anything. And they've been fantastic throughout the whole time. But I've never really had it in a locker room. I think as I've gotten older and, and kind of getting in with the national team, funny enough, one was David Edgar. But again, we were, we was when I was so young and he was a veteran in the league, I was trying to obviously keep him my distance. Didn't want to get too comfortable with a, with a veteran guy in the room. But he's uh, as I've got to know him and we have uh, we've kind of grown our relationship and our friendship. He's he's been someone who's imparted a lot of wisdom on me. Um, Bobby throughout my career before we kind of took this job when he was always someone I could lean on when he was my uh sorry when he was still doing Sigma and, and he was someone I could always send a message to and he'd give me that harsh reality of of what I was doing right or wrong and, and that was someone I always leaned on and it's just it's it's been those little things and again as I said my, my I think my friends and my family have played probably the biggest role in this through uh to date. Fantastic you mentioned MLS there I remember the day you were drafted. I was in Indianapolis there covering that. And obviously it was a massive moment for you and your family. Now it's gone. And obviously in ways it did work out. In some ways it didn't. Everything is a positive reaction to it. And that it shaped you. How do you look back at that time? How do you look back in, in, at that chapter in your life in terms of how you reflect on things? Now it's gone. It's, it's honestly, I look back on it a lot and it's not necessarily regret. It's just everything the way I look at my whole career, it's all just a little point that I can always look back to and, and figure out a way what, what I could have done better, what, where maybe I went wrong, where I had a little bit of a misstep. And it's just, it's a learning experience. Um, I wouldn't take any of it. I wouldn't, or sorry, I wouldn't take any of it back. I wouldn't do any of it differently because it's kind of made me who I am today. And as I, as I go on with this role in this group, it's, it's stuff that I lean on to kind of help these kids as, they, as they're starting their career and they're going to go on and do hopefully bigger things than I've ever done in my career, which is... Uh, which is something, I, as I said, I reflect on a lot. Um, obviously, when you ask me, I would love it to if I went on and had an unbelievable career playing for Toronto. But the fact is, it was it was still a special moment. It's something I would never take back. They gave me my opportunity to, to fill, fulfill my dream and be a professional footballer. And it was fantastic to be able to do that and kind of come back and play in front of my family for the first time. Yeah, special moments. Kyle, when I still think of you, despite the, the stuff in MLS, you know, I think, as I said earlier, about a winner. And I'd love to know what it takes to become a winner and the culture that's set. And I don't just mean that from MLS. I mean that from way back. You know, you're winning national championships, Ontario Cups, you know, in your youth careers. You know, what's it take for a team, and even now with Forge, to have that true winning collective mentality? What's it mean? What have you learned during the years to, to, to force that on your teams? I think something personally that I always go to is just reflection. Um, I think a lot of people sometimes when you don't necessarily know me, you think I'm maybe I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but I think it's just because I hold myself so accountable to what I'm doing. Sometimes maybe too, I'm too harsh on myself and it looks like I'm kind of putting it on to other people's, but it's just because I know that I'm not playing up to the, the standards that I've set for myself and then just failing over and over and just not liking that feeling. It's, it's something that just pisses me off. It doesn't feel great. It never sits well with me. And, and then just knowing when you get that little bit of taste of success, like how good that is and just wanting that and just, continuously driving for that and that's the motivation and I think especially with Forge here off these two championships like the second one was not it didn't get old it was like all right let's go for let's go for three and it's just that that unbelievable feeling of coming together as a group being successful in what you kind of set your minds to at the beginning of the year and then having it all come together at the end there's nothing better than that so I think that's all the motivation I've ever needed so when people talk about music playlists I want to know about your like 
soccer playlists in your mind, do you find yourself reflecting on more games that you've lost or more games that you've won? I think going into a game, I like to, I would say, look at the, the good moments just because it's the positivity. And maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that affirmation that is going to come true, but I'm not very superstitious. I'm not very, I don't really have a set routine. I like, I like routine in my day, but I don't really have this. Okay. I got to go over this checklist before a game right. to make sure it goes well, but looking back on those positive ones, I always feel better. Um, definitely not neglecting the bad ones. I don't think I like to I'm not shying away from that fear, that failure or anything. I like knowing that that that's a reality because it keeps us honest. I think at the end of the day and just having a healthy balance of the both of them. What about you as a player, Kyle, in terms of, obviously a lot of people saw you as a 10 when you were drafted in MLS, but you know, you're, you're so adaptable, you know, in terms of your versatility, you know, I was at the game against York, the home opener and, you know, Alex goes off injured and you sit back and you play as a six right away and you're accomplished at that as a deep line playmaker. You can play with Cissé as two of the best midfielders in the league as eights. Um, you know, do you have a preferred position? Do you like mixing it up? Do you like to show so many different things in your toolkit? I think if I had a, a full preference, it would be as an eight. I mean, I just know I'm not a, an out-and-out out ten. Um, maybe it's just I like to run around and get in the mix a little bit too often and I don't like just sitting in those pockets, but... I don't know. I, I've tried to just kind of take uh, take little bits and pieces from players that I've respected over over time, guys I've watched at the highest level and and see where I can fit those into my game and just kind of keep progressing and keep going. I think the stuff with being able to drop into the six is, is just speaking with Bobby and just really liking like studying the game and just seeing if I can test myself playing different positions. Obviously, it's not my strength. I'm not the best tackler on the field. I'm not going to be the best in the air, but being able to be adaptable and kind of change, that's the stuff that kind of fascinates me and kind of playing in different formations, different positions, all that stuff, and just going out there. And it's, it's exciting. It's, it's fun. So I think that's just something, a side of the game that I really, I really enjoy. You picked up on something there about studying the game, watching players at the highest level in those positions. What are some of the players that you watch closer than others? Who are those players that kind of inspired you? And maybe for younger players listening to this, because I know we get that, that there's so many coaches, particularly in North America, who continue to want to encourage those young players who play to watch games football even at the highest level how much has that helped your game i think it's it's everything because i think that's allowed me to then go in and, and actually study our games and i think the one benefit we have obviously growing up we didn't have instagram and social media and all that so we actually have the we actually enjoy sitting down and watching a full game without distraction i know it's harder and harder to do now because you just pick up your phone in the middle of a game and don't get me wrong i'll still be a culprit of that from now and then but there's nothing better than just watching an unbelievable game. Like one of those exciting Premier League games on a Saturday morning that just it's captivating from the first minute and just seeing the ins and outs of everything. Um, a player at this time, I would say it's Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's fantastic. Just the way he reads the game, his passing, his, his range, everything. He just sees stuff steps ahead of everyone. When I was, uh, when I was growing up, my, my idol was Dennis Bergkamp. Um, he's, for me, he was my favorite player. I wanted to do everything that he was doing always on the front lawn, front lawn, trying to recreate that goal against Argentina by myself, throwing the ball over my shoulder, doing all that. So it was, uh, those are guys that I've always looked up to, just those creative midfielders um, who just see the game in a completely different light and just have the ability to kind of open things up that, that others don't. And almost at times kind of go unseen with the, the special things they do. But it's the, that recognition from other players in the team and the way other players talk about them, that's the stuff that's, that's truly fascinating to me.
we've had back-to-back guests on this show who loves Dennis Bergkamp. I spoke with Dan Klomp last week and he was his idol and he actually met him as well. Uh, well, you wear orange, mate. You've got a little bit of the Bergkamp look. You've got number 10 on the back. So at least you're living the dream somehow, right? <laughs> that helps. I'm not mad at it. If you want to keep telling people, I won't turn it down. That sounds good to me. You're certainly taking over games in the CPL like Dennis did at Arsenal for sure. Um, what about Canada soccer? Obviously, the women's win the gold medal. Uh, the men's are having an unbelievable run at the moment under John Herbert. How inspiring is this for the league itself, your team, your young Canadians to see what is happening? This feels like a real, a real shift, does it not, in the, in, in the sport in this country that we follow for so long? It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's so exciting. It's a, it's a fantastic time. I think it's a, it's a culmination of so many things coming together and just seeing those guys at that level just continue to go and have success and, and kind of play the that fearless mentality and go out and really express themselves. And I think we're finally seeing like a unit at that, that uh, national team level, which is exciting to see. And I think it's just something we've missed. We've, we've had so many good players throughout the years. And for whatever reason, obviously it's, I'm not the one who's going to decipher that, but for whatever reason, we were never able to kind of bring it all together as a national team and to see it finally happening is fantastic. And I, I hope they continue to go on and push the envelope and keep doing what they're doing every game and play without that fear and, and just keep driving for more. And if, if we can qualify for the World Cup, I think it's just going to unlock so many things in this country. And that on the tail end of finally getting this league under wraps and, and being successful in this third year, it's it's an exciting time. And then obviously now with the women winning that gold medal today, it's just it's just putting Canada on the map. And I think that's something we've we've all wanted as soccer fans in this country. And and I think more and more maybe we'll start to see people start saying that they are Canadian fans and rather than what their grandparents were and all that stuff and we're going to get that pride and and something we have and I think we're just going to continue to push forward. Amen to that. Do you find more people asking you, talking to you about the league? Do you feel that the, I certainly think the quality has gone up again this year. What do you think overall about that? Definitely. I think uh, obviously there, there's an element of patience that has to come with this. I think we can't we can't run before we can walk. And it, it is what it is. It, there's very much a, a startup company while, while be it uh, a soccer league. And that's something that's been around in sports. So we all know it and we have an expectation, but things easier said than done to get this, all these things right. And there's so many moving pieces, but the talent's been unbelievable since day one. I think people are always going to be skeptical at the start of these things and they're always going to be quick to judge. But in the first year, we saw people turning heads and we saw the talent that was here. And the more opportunities that these kids are going to get, they're going to start taking them and they're going to continue to push the envelope. And we're just going to see it continue to grow. And I, and I think that's what's happening. And yeah, okay, people are always going to be surprised and, and it's fine as long as they're starting to kind of turn their attention here and, and keep giving these kids opportunities and everyone keep going for it. Then I think we're only headed in the right direction, which is fantastic. A couple more for you. And again, so thanks so much for your time. You've been really gracious. It's fascinating insight. El Salvador, it's going to be a tough trip for you guys. Um, a unique one playing two games out there. What have you learned during your time during these CONCACAF matches in the last couple of years that you've learned over the time to, that can help you there? Obviously you got very close last year. What does it take in these different environments to get this, to get it done? Yeah, it's, it's something we've, we've kind of been, we've speaking about for, for a while now, obviously the way we ended last year, we, we didn't have the best feeling about that. We felt a little hard, hard done by, but again, we did that to ourselves and, and we knew that we were never ones to make excuses about it. Um, we still put our best foot forward against Marathon in that last game and, and we felt we could have gone for more. So the reality is we know we can play with these teams, but there's still that element, that that desire, that that gamesmanship that they have down there that's so unique and so fantastic that gives them that edge. And it's it's never going to be a, a welcoming environment. 
fans or no fans, it is what it is, but there's something special about that. And you got to take in, take all that in. It's a, it's a learning experience, but you can take something from that. Want to be the guys to kind of go in and, and ruin the party and, and kind of live up to that challenge. And, and I think that's something exciting. And the more and more we get these, these games under our belt and this young team gets that experience, I think we're just going to continue to grow and it's going to help us in our, in our domestic league. But it's, it's that element of ruthlessness. If we have those chances, we have to take it. If, if it comes in the first minute, we have to score goals. And I think we saw signs of that last year. And then it's, just being as shut down as we can on that back end and, and conceding nothing and just never giving them an inch. But again, as I'm saying, it's, it's easy to say these words. It's hard to go down there and play in those environments, but I think it's a challenge that we're, we're excited about. A couple of things from my observations as an outsider, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems like you guys have key, key core, core values about mentality. The winning mentality is there throughout the team. And then tactical versatility, I think, is one that you guys can just, you can drop from a back three to a four. Alex and UNC say arguably a top midfield that could play in MLS to go as all three for me. And those kind of things helping you guys as, as, as adjustments are needed on the fly, because some teams wait for 45 minutes to have that chat with the coach, don't they, before you move in. But you guys seem to have that cerebral qualities that you can make changes on the fly. Yeah, I think that's a, a testament to our staff. Obviously, they've they've kind of given us all those all those pieces to our arsenal. I mean, it's it's never fun being in a game when you feel like you're just chasing shadows for 45 minutes and you never really want to wait till halftime to sort it out. If you're able to switch things up on the fly and whether it's whether it's stuff on the ball and you can kind of keep teams on the back foot and keep them pinned back and little adjustments that kind of open up the game and, and help you see things a little better, it's 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 only going to be a good thing. And I think it's adding all of those stuff to your game and, and being able to kind of change things on the fly and troubleshoot when things aren't going well. It's that's the things that people want at the highest level. So I think um, we have a group that knows there's, there's value in not waiting for a coach to be able to do it. So obviously we want all of the tools in our, in our belt to go out and make those decisions ourselves. And then it's just having that maturity and that and seeing that, that vision to be able to do it on the fly and guys are buying in and, and I think we're, we're adding more pieces and I think we're starting to see it come together. There's still times when it's, when it is a little rough around the edges, but that is what it is. I think anytime you're kind of trying to move in so fluidly from different formations within a game, it's, it's unique. It's special to watch when it comes off and it's, and it can be tough at times, but those are the things we can't shy away from. And I think there's no better time to do it in CONCACAF because when you go down there and you actually take the time to put your foot on the ball, there is spaces to play. It just becomes very tough at, at, to kind of see that and recognize the spaces within the game when you're in it because it it can be very overwhelming in those environments. But mm. I think the, going back to the the national team, the the special thing is is they've gone down there and they've actually started to play for the first time in a long time. And look at the success we've gotten from that. So why not do it at every single level? We're all very good players. Believe in that. Go down there. Not don't be cocky. Don't be arrogant. But just believe in what we're doing and and know that we're there for a reason. Yeah, we'll all be pulling for you, mate. Uh, before I let you go, a couple of rapid-fire questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, what's the one football stadium you've not played in that you'd love to play in around the world? I think I'd like to play at uh, the Emirates, obviously, just being a, uh, an Arsenal fan. I think that's an easy one. We'll go there. There you go. What about the one stadium you have played in that you think about the most? What's the best stadium you've played in? Uh one I think about with playing at Craven Cottage. I think it was it was uh, obviously wasn't the greatest game, but playing uh, in midfield with David Edgar was a uh, it was fun. We didn't get the result we wanted, but it was an unbelievable pitch, a tight little English stadium. It was it was a great experience. Yeah, it's a beautiful ground. I love that visit there as well. Um, when you don't want to talk about soccer or think about soccer for twenty four hours, we all need that mental break. What's a 
ideal day for you? What kind of food do you want to eat? What kind of thing do you want to watch? That's uh, that's tough. Um, I'd say ideal food is go grab some tacos. I mean, I live in Toronto. There's so many good little spots. So have those, hang out with friends, have a couple of drinks and just kind of chill out. Nothing crazy. Nice. And do you have any Netflix choices or favorite movies you like to binge? Or Netflix. Uh, what have I been watching? I'm a, I'm a big Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan. And there's this new show called AP Bio with one of the main guys. It's a little cheesy, but uh, it gives some laughs. So Good for you. Yeah, take some lighthearted stuff, right? It's a tough, yeah. tough world out there as it is. But hey, listen, fantastic stuff. Thanks so much for your time. It's been a, a real pleasure. It's a thrill to watch you on the pitch. I'm so happy for what you're doing leading this team. Good luck in El Salvador and the rest as the uh, pursuit for three is on here. And you guys can definitely get that. And I know a lot of teams are shooting for you. So good luck, mate, and keep up the great work. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. I hope you really enjoyed that chat. You can tell from Kyle that he's obviously maturing and getting a little bit more comfortable with the media. He remains a very shy individual. And you can see that he tells the stories. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's not so comfortable in front of a camera. And that never loses the sight of that with me. You know, I've been very privileged to interview many, many footballers for years. And not everybody's very comfortable with the spoken word and certainly being recorded like that. So I appreciate Kyle's transparency and his honesty. You can see that he's an intimidating force when it comes to wanting the game and wanting to win. And, you know, I'm if I was a teammate, I would want to be like that and dragged along um, so you can see that real dedication to winning and I thought that really came across some fascinating answers he's loved for Dennis Bergkamp and Arsenal as well uh, in there so uh, so many things to enjoy so I can't thank Kyle Becker Forge Nico there as well to organize that and you for staying this long and listening to it I really hope you enjoyed it and please again send feedback on social media we continue to read them all and we appreciate that a reminder each week we listen to obviously a lot of these stories away from the players but we also get together the Canadian Premier League newsroom team get together to recap all the major stories and the major games as games come thick and fast we continue to do that every Monday and that is released on a Monday morning with the can campl.ca newsroom podcast thanks again for listening so far thanks again for being a fan of canadian soccer more surprises more big guests coming up you can let me know who you'd like as well on my social media channels to speak to and we'll look forward to getting those guests on in the future continue to enjoy the games be safe god bless take care of each other and i'll chat with you soon